I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. This is the third episode? What is this? Fourth second. episode. This is the second. This is the fourth, fourth episode. Fourth episode. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't done a case like this this season. I figure we have to do at least one a season. Okay. Coming at you with a serial killer. Serial killer. killer. Well, (laughs) I guess we did do a serial killer in the first episode, but it wasn't like classic American serial killer. Yeah, no. She's a historical Russian serial killer. Yeah, she's not the same thing. Good old Daria. What a weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) So. All right. The man I will be telling you about today is a meticulous, well thought out, patient serial killer named Israel Keys. I've never heard of him before. Perfect. Perfect. I'm very excited to learn about him, though. He sounds weird. like Terrifying. Yeah, slightly. He sounds like someone who would definitely just, like, you know, murder people or whatever. Yeah, and this is actually one of the scariest, like, serial killer cases to me. So when okay. I'm done telling you, we can kind of talk mm. about why. You never get scared at anything, so I'm excited <laughs> to know why. I mean, this guy kind of creeps me out. Ooh, but we'll, I'll tell, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Okay. On February 1st, 2012, Israel Keys stopped at a coffee stand in Anchorage, Alaska called Common Grounds. That's cute. I know. <laughs> Very creative. He noticed that the barista was a beautiful 18-year-old woman. Her name was Samantha Koenig. And which side note, same last name as the host of Serial. I don't know if they're oh, related. I, I mean, I doubt they are, but probably not. Um, I just oh, noticed I didn't that. even recognize. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, so he orders his coffee, mm-hmm. like a human, you know, like you do, and this is like a um, kind of like a snow cone stand. Like it's just kind of in the middle of a parking lot in a little right. building, and so he orders his coffee, and she starts making it, but when she turns. Like, she turns away to make the coffee. When she turns back to the window, um, presumably to, like, take his money or something, mm-hmm. he's holding a gun up to her. What the? Oh, so scary. Okay. So this is all caught on surveillance footage. So if you want to see it, you can YouTube it. Um, but she, so she sort of backs up and turns the lights off. And I don't know why she did that, but she does. And then he jumps through the tiny little window and ties her up with zip ties and escorts her out of the coffee stand. Oh, my gosh. I know. So he asks where her car is, and she's like, I don't have a car. So he starts walking her across the street where his car is. And at one point, she even breaks away and starts running, and he tackles her and threatens her with a gun again. Oh, my gosh. So she has to comply. She has a gun to her. Right. But, like, the fact that he didn't shoot her makes me think she could have kept right. going. She probably could have gotten away, away again if she had the opportunity. That's what I think. I mean, I don't have—you never know how you're going to act in a situation, but I right. would like to think— Like, I would—if someone's holding a gun to me in public, I'm running. Like, you're not going to yeah. shoot me in the middle of, a, like, a parking lot. Yeah. Like— I mean, you maybe will. I don't know. I don't know who— but you're holding you're, a gun. If you you're holding a gun to me, your intention is to hurt me anyways. Yeah, So I might exactly. as well try to run. So she complies because he has a gun to her, and he walks her to his truck, and then they drive away. So now they're in the car, and Israel reveals his plan, 
which is to use Samantha to get ransom money. Now, this isn't the smartest idea. Okay. Because he just picks up a random, like, 18-year-old. Right. And, and doesn't really know. I mean, she's working in, like, a little coffee stand. How rich could she be? Yeah. You know? So he doesn't know anything about her, uh-huh. doesn't know anything about her background, if she's, if her family's even going to have money to give him. It's just a dumb plan. He is a serial killer, right? Because this is just all stupid. Like, so far, he just doesn't He seem... sounds like a really dumb one-off murderer right yeah. now, but we're going to get into it. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm but... telling you the story how it unfolded in the public eye. Okay. Okay. Now I'm, now I'm intrigued. Okay. So, Israel... <laughs> that was a weird sound. <laughs> so, Israel took her cell phone, and he sent two text messages, one to her boyfriend and one to the owner of Common Grounds, and just made it seem like Samantha had a bad day. She was going to take a little break for the weekend and, mm-hmm. like, see you on Monday. Right. Um, that way he can have some time to, like, do whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he you know. drove Samantha to his house and tied her up in his shed, and he asked for her debit card, but she said it was at her house, and she was telling the truth. He, she didn't have it on her anywhere. He turned the radio up super loud in his shed so that no one would hear her if she were to scream and just made it seem like he was doing some like weird like boy stuff in his shed with his radio like, up real loud. Like doing like weightlifting weight or something. Weightlifting or like, I don't know. what he's <laughs> Fixing a bench. Fixing a bench, yeah. Building Dancing, stuff. Dancing. Crumping. Oh, yeah. Doing <laughs> some Kevin like, Bacon. He's like... crumping in there. He's <laughs> Footloose makes more sense, though. Yeah. I don't know why I just thought of crumping. That just, like, popped yeah. into my head. Such a weird... I was, like, person alone in their shed, music loud, crumping. crumping. That's what I would do. <laughs> I guess Kevin Bacon kind of was crumping just a little in Footloose. Bit. There's not enough space to do the full industrial-sized, like, Yeah, he can't, like, swing session. from the rafters and stuff. No. But, you know, he you can be try. doing that. People could think he's doing that. Yeah. So, he creates this illusion. Which is just... Unbelievably convincing. Yeah, very convincing. And he um, actually drives to Samantha's house and to retrieve her debit card. Like, that's how obsessed what he is with this. the heck? And while he's in her house... Oh, my God. He goes into the house? He just, like, waltzes up in there, and her boyfriend is in there and confronts him. And Israel just, like is super speedy fast and just like runs away, gets in his car and drives away really, really quickly. And no one can really do anything about it because for some reason he's like really fast. I don't know. Speedy. Speedy Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. That was just super weird. And then he um, checks to make sure that Samantha's pin number, the one that she gave him is correct. Okay. And it is. So she is telling the truth. She's like trying to get out of the situation. Of course. And then he returns back to his shed and is like, got your card. You told me the truth, but I'm not letting you go because there's not very much money on here. Well, yeah, she's an 18 year old girl who working works at a coffee in stand. a coffee shop. How much money could you possibly have? And she's probably spending it on pizza and movies and stuff like you do. When yeah. You're at any given old. time, I have between like three hundred and one dollar in my exactly. account. So <laughs> it's a balancing act. Yeah. So now this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. So Israel had plans to go on a cruise the next day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. I don't know why he. I. He's just like, oh, before I leave, 
better get some ransom money. Yeah, better, better and we'll, fulfill my need to kill people. Well, his plan was to just get her debit card and use it, but clearly she didn't have enough money in it. So, and he's just not thinking this through. He's being really impulsive right now. Interesting. And disorganized. And we'll talk. Very disorganized. We'll talk about that a little bit later because you'll see that that's actually very uncommon for him. Okay. So, since he has to go on his cruise, he's like, can't leave an alive person in my shed. No. it's. I mean, people are going to buy that I'm footloosing it up for a couple hours, but not a week. Yeah, God. So, got to do something about it. And she could escape, too. That's also yeah. a thing. So, he raped her and strangled her to death and left her body in his shed while he was gone. Oh, I hate him. I hate him. That's horrible. I know. So, he comes back more than a week later. I mean, it's like a full-blown cruise. And he just leaves her body in the shed for a full week. Yeah. It's just in there? Yeah. Just chilling. When he comes back, he actually starts to get the ransom money. Like, thinks of a new plan and starts implementing it. And you might be confused why I'm still calling it ransom money. Because that's yeah. what you do when you have an alive person with you to bargain. Right. And she's dead. Clearly. So what this asshole does is he takes a picture, a, a Polaroid picture of her dead body. A Polaroid? Yes. To make it, to make the quality a lot, like lesser quality. So her dead body would look like alive. Oh my God. You know, cause like, you know how those photos just make everyone look amazing? Polaroids? Yeah. They do. They have like a weird... Just because they're bad quality, so they like are. all your imperfections don't just, show up. They're not there anymore. Yeah, and so he positioned her body to look like it was alive, like propped it up, took a picture of it. She looks alive, like she looks like she's been beaten a little bit. And then he takes a picture of the picture with her cell phone and texts hmm. it to her parents and says, "I need thirty thousand dollars wired into Samantha's account, or I'm killing her." Oh, my God. Yeah. And like most people, she doesn't just, her parents don't just have $30,000 laying around. Right. And since he didn't research his ransom victim very well, they don't have it. So they're like, okay, we need to get it. Like our daughters, you know, who, what parent's not going to get that together? So Right. They, and like they still think she's alive. They still too. think she's alive. Oh, this is horrible. So they get the community to like. I don't know if they did like a GoFundMe or what they did. I mean, it's 2012, so that's probably what they did. Yeah. And they raised $30,000. They wire it into her account and never hear from her or him. Like, he's like, good, got the money. Peace out. So. Ah, uh, God. When they, when they realize that clearly they've been swindled, um, they yeah. tell, I mean, authorities are already involved, clearly. Um, yeah. they've been involved for like a week that she was like missing for a week. So they're already looking for her. Yeah. And so they, she's like not returned yet. And it's been a couple days. So they mm -hmm. start tracking her debit card and Israel is super stupid clearly. And he uses her debit card in multiple locations at like a bunch of different ATMs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he just doesn't know this, but the bank like knows where you are when you you're, you're using your card. Like it tells them where you're using it. Yeah. And there's almost always a video camera on an ATM. This is weird. I know. He he's clearly in like a frantic. You're probably wondering how did this guy kill multiple people yeah, and get away with it? Because th this one victim in it itself is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. I know. And clearly not thought out at all in any capacity. 
Okay, okay. Okay, tell me more. Tell okay, me more. Okay. So, they are tracking it. And the FBI is, like, involved in this now. Mm-hmm. And he withdraws money in Alaska, New Mexico, Arizona, and Texas. And, like, I get that you can't just withdraw $30,000 in one day. I mean, they there's, like, a cap on how much you can get out of your account without uh-huh. going physically to a bank. Exactly. So, like, I understand that he had to use it more than once. But that just, I mean, ugh, just the whole plan's stupid. Yeah. And so... By this point, they have a good description of him and his vehicle because they've been investigating Samantha's disappearance. So they're like getting tips from everyone in town. And so they know what he looks like and what his car looks like. And when he uses her debit card in Texas, the FBI puts out like a APB, like get this guy. Yeah. And a highway patrolman spots his car and pulls him over. They then searched his car and found Samantha's phone and debit card. So they know, like, he's not even trying to hide it. No. Like, why is your phone, why is her phone with you? Like, discard that. And her debit that. card. Like, you. Well, you're using the debit card. That I get, but. But at the same time, like, put it in your shoe or something. Like, conceal it. Yeah. And why, and why do you have her phone? That should have been discarded of like 20 billion years ago. Yeah, right. Get your crap together. Like you Israel. said, Israel. Yeah, and this is <laughs> this is 2012. You can find you can a yeah, phone location. A phone. It's not that hard. No. <sighs> so he just doesn't seem very as as meticulous as you had described him before. Oh, he is just not right now. <laughs> Clearly. So they take him into custody, and Israel is. I said that really. I said that with an accent. Jeez. <laughs> I have a recovering Southern accent, if, if y'all don't know. <laughs> a recovering, like you were a victim of it. <laughs> Too funny. Um, Israel. Israel. Close, um, it was good. Yeah. Let, me, let me sound really classy. Okay. Um, is formally charged with <laughs> kidnapping Samantha. And they don't charge him with murder right away because they don't know she's been murdered. They think mm-hmm. she's still alive. Even though she's been dead for weeks. So God, I hate this. He later admits to killing her and ends up getting charged with the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Samantha Koenig. Mm-hmm. So right now, Israel is just a one-off abductor and murderer. The FBI has no reason to believe otherwise. But it's during the more than 40 hours of interrogation that the FBI conducted that Israel reveals who he really is, which is perhaps one of the most deadly serial killers to ever exist in America. Well, damn. So. Oh, my God. What? That's just that just. Okay. Okay. Tell me. Tell me more. All right. So the FBI is like, so "Hmm, you're a serial killer. Please tell us everything. If you don't mind. <laughs> and he's like, Did that work? <laughs> to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, he's like committed this awful crime. He's already told them he's a serial killer. He's got nothing to lose. But he his crimes are pretty terrible. So he says, Listen, I'll t- he's really intelligent. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it doesn't seem like he is right now, but he is. And he says, You know, I know that you guys use this stuff to stu- you study serial killers, you This helps you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you do all your psychological things. I'm going to tell you everything. But Mm -hmm. you can't tell the public anything that I tell you. 
And they're like, how is that helpful in any way, shape, or form? He's like, oh, you can do my your psychological research, but you can't tell anyone about it. Well, they're, I mean, it's helpful to them. They're, I, I guess, guess that's true. I guess they're really the only ones who need to know. Right. So they're like, okay, deal. Sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure they pinky swore on it. I bet they did. <laughs> but that was the official, that was the official like, thing. Instead of signing a document or anything like that, it was just a pinky swear just on a pinky camera. Promise. Yeah. But clearly they broke it because we're talking about it all right now. Yeah, right. But I'll oh. tell you why later. Okay. So this is what they learn during their interrogations. Cool. So this case has always stuck with me because it kind of challenges my ideas about serial killers and killers in general. So Israel didn't really have a super obvious motive to kill. He kind of just killed because he wanted to. Um, There's no similarities among his victims. Honestly, to me, it seems like if you were there and he wanted to kill you and he could kill you, then he would. That's horrifying. I know. So he didn't really have like a pattern to his killings at all. He was just uh, he just wanted to kill people to kill people. He wanted to kill people. And the only pattern is he um, raped and strangled women. But that's not even a pattern, really, because you only see it cup- pop up a couple times. And we don't even know. We don't even know everything we should know. Like, he only told them what he wanted them to know. Oh, so, Lord. Okay. So I've said it on this podcast before. I say it all the time. Say it right now. <laughs> I don't believe that people just wake up and murder someone. I'm a firm believer that either mental illness or childhood trauma or even adult trauma is typically a factor. And I don't say this to defend serial killers, but more to point out that they're human beings. And although their actions are completely inexcusable, they typically have a reasoning behind what they're doing. I mean, it's flawed reasoning, but it's like a reasoning nonetheless. Sure. I mean, like, if you flash back to our Ed Kemper episode in season one, I mean, if your mom's going to abuse you your entire life and, like, lock you in basements and then you murder her, like, that, right. you know, clear line, Yeah, you I can, get what you're doing there. You can understand why there would be a violent tendency towards that specific person and why there was violent tendencies towards, towards women. Other, towards women, exactly. Um, so... So he didn't have anything like that? He has, like he was he, he has a kind of weird childhood, which I'm gonna tell you about. And there's a couple of things that I could say, oh yeah, like that's that might make you like a little violent, maybe like a little weird, but not a serial killer. Like when we look at serial killers, we can typically link them to like some terrible childhood and right. and you know, sympathize with them a little bit and say, like, well, no wonder you ended up being insane. Like you had Right, because you're this as is, a child, you were you were abused. socialized in a terrible way. Yeah, like right. you don't understand the world and you don't mm-hmm. understand your emotions and mm-hmm. what you did sucked a lot, but what happened to you sucked a lot too. Yeah. That's just not really the case here. So Interesting. Okay. So by all accounts, Israel had a normal upbringing. He was born in 1978. Well, kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, in Richmond, Utah to a Mormon family. He had a lot of siblings and he was homeschooled. They eventually moved to the state where all serial killers, minus, not California, but the other <laughs> state, where basically every serial killer feels like they need to live. Oregon, right? Oregon and Washington? Washington. Yeah. Pacific Northwest. The Pacific North. Just the entire Western coast. Yeah, United honestly, States. it's a very dangerous place to just live. like, don't live there. <laughs> um, so he moves to Washington. 
um, where they live a pretty comfortable lifestyle. And there really, really isn't any like accounts of his parents being super weird or like bad parents. Mm-hmm. They were kind of odd. but Sure, but aren't we all? Aren't we know? all? So there's one thing that's pretty disturbing to me, but I don't know if it's true or not. So Ooh, you know how like when you're yeah. researching people like murderers, especially famous murderers, people have tons of things to say about them. And like sometimes things are reported in multiple websites, but like none of them are on really reputable sources that I would say this is definitely true. I feel they're all on like because there's like Murderpedia. Yeah. Or like Reddit or all these things. And it's on Um, all of them. So you're like, okay, it has to be true. But no one else is reporting it. Right. Can't find like an actual distinctive um, article in like the New York Times or Washington Post or anything from like Washington right. State that would prove that this is an accurate statement. Yeah, yeah no. I so hate I have that. like absolutely no, like no clue if this is true. But except for some Reddit users telling us that it is. Except for some, yeah. So a we'll lot of people are you saying for a moment. it. Yeah. <laughs> and if it is true, it's disgusting. So some articles say that his family attended the Ark Church. Do you know what the Ark Church is? No, I've never heard of that okay. before in my life. So it's an anti-Semitic Christian church, which oh, well, is like just delightful. pretty, I just, I don't, the kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we, we love our Jewish Jesus, but we're also anti-Semitic. But we also don't like them. But we also don't like them, except for Jesus. Except for Jesus, who was a Jew, by he the way. He was 1000%, ex- I'm not even religious. I don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe in basically anything, but I, right. there's literal proof that Jesus was a person. Right. A Jewish oh, yeah. person. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know that um, some Christian people view the Jewish religion and the Jewish people as the people who killed Christ. So they have a very negative opinion of them. But it was like, get like it was 2,000 years ago, friends. Build a bridge. Yeah. And get, and over, get over it. it. Like, it's fine. And it was like, it, it was supposed to happen that way. Yeah. That was what was supposed to happen. It, literally, God like sent down... That image when um, Christ was praying in the garden and he was like, you're going to be crucified and killed for this, for the sins of humanity. That's what happened. <laughs> so like, so, it, it was going to happen anyway, If you friends. believe in Christianity, then you believe that a Jewish person saved your saved life. Saved your life. So I don't, anti-Semitism doesn't work at all. In if you're capacity. also Christian. <laughs> yeah. No. But I mean, you know what? Hateful people do and say the dumbest things all the time. So mm-hmm. can't reason with them. Not at all. If he goes to this church, then we can kind of assume that he was taught to completely disregard human life. But none, right. of, like we don't know, he didn't. He didn't just kill a bunch of Jewish people. That's not what was happening. Right. Here. I was just going to ask you no. because he was. That's a specific type of people that he yeah. was taught to hate. If he was a part of this church, as they're saying, because you said that he was Mormon, like he grew up in mm-hmm. a Mormon family. So I don't know how the conversion, like converting from Mormonism to this arc church religion yeah i don't either there's also some reports that they were amish like did some amish stuff just like like half amish like half amish like they they wore the the hats but they drove a car yes you know exactly no (laughs) um but they did they were just very um sometimes they wouldn't use electricity all the time and they would like try like farm and stuff like that so i don't know if people are just associating like living like a country lifestyle with being Amish. I don't know if that's it's not the that's same. That's not the people. same. It's not the same. I don't know if there's a confusion there or what. So there's reports of him being Mormon, <laughs> Amish, and anti-Semitic Christian. So 
<laughs> I don't know. Too many religions in one room. Maybe that's what turned him into a serial killer. He's, He's like, like overwhelmed. So spiritually confused. Yeah. He wanted to kill some people, see what happens. Right. See if he would actually be damned. What, you know, all that good stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Don't really know. But the other sketchy thing that happened in his childhood is that when he lived in Washington, lived next door to the Kehoe family. And in that family, there are two convicted murder and attempted murderers. But those were just one-off murders, and those didn't happen until way later. Right. So it's not like they were serial killers and teaching him the ways of murder. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they could have been, and just no one else knows about it. Right. They doing some, like, secret underground, like, murder <laughs> teaching. Like, initiation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like the the show Dexter, where his dad teaches him how to properly kill people. That could have been happening. We don't know. We don't know. But, so, that's his childhood. I don't know, like, what you think, but to me, none of those things scream you're going to grow up and be a serial killer. Yeah, I mean, nothing really hits me as, like, oh, that must have totally messed him up. Because, like you were saying, there's not a lot of proof to show that he did grow up in such an anti-Semitic church or that he was Amish (laughs) Or half Amish. I don't know. Or that, you know, and the only solid proof is that his parents were obviously religious and to not an I don't want to say extreme, but to an extent that goes beyond some other families that practice religion. Mm -hmm. And um, that might have isolated him socially, maybe. Yeah. To an extent. Totally. Yeah. That's the only thing I can really see. Yeah. And the neighbor thing, I just feel like is. I mean, horrible every killer ever has to have a neighbor. I know. Exactly. And are all those neighbors killing people? No. No. You don't see Jeffrey Dahmer's great little cute old neighbors killing anyone. No. I don't know if he lived next to old people, but I'm just assuming Some his murderer neighbor... lived next to a right. cute old couple and they're not murdering <laughs> And they're anyone. not killing anyone. So I don't really know about that. But yeah, so that's Israel's childhood. And that really intrigued me to pick this case because it scares the ever living crap out of me that he has no reason for what he's doing. Yeah, right. Because you can rationalize when they have yeah. it. A reason. It still scares me, but I'm like, okay, like, at least I know what's going on up there. No clue here. Yeah, so, that's a little creepy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that wraps up part one. In part two, I'll tell you all about his, like, the rest of his life and, you know, his serial his killing. Spree, his <laughs> um, so thanks for listening to Killer Vibes.